Up next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Christianity, God on display. When you want to explain God, you must say, you must meet Jesus. You must know Him. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Greetings and welcome to today's broadcast, Jesus Christ, the Revealer of God, is the title of our series here in the month of December as we celebrate the first advent of Christ. We're reminding ourselves again of just exactly what took place on that Christmas long, long ago. God became flesh and dwelt among us. The significance of that is the subject of our time today out of John chapter 1. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We used to have a crazy student when I was at college, uh, teaching at a college. Uh, He was a great artist, and he loved to paint pictures of the faculty, but he would always capture uh, their eccentric uh, features. And he would draw these characters, and you would know exactly who the faculty was. And if he had a big nose, it'd really be big in this picture. If he, if he had a bad ear, it'd be amplified. I mean, if anything that you could amplify in characters so that all you thought of, you would to name the faculty big nose or big ear, because he would build on that. And I think before Christ came, And when Israel had gone into exile away from God, the character was out there. What is this God all about? He can't even get a people to love him and be faithful to him. He must not be too red hot. And we hear about the law. We hear about babies being killed in the Old Testament. We hear about blood and slaughter and sacrifices. And we hear about blood and priesthood. This is a gory gory, gruesome kind of creature, whoever he is. Obviously, even Israel didn't like him anymore because they left him for the idols of the Gentiles. When Christ shows up, God the Father says, I finally have somebody to represent my glory and what's unique about me and what's different about me from all of the gods. And he comes to reveal that glory. And what are the two great things he wants to show off about God? He comes and he says in verse 16, he came and he brought grace instead of grace, literally in the Greek. And he came full of grace and truth. And what does he do? He draws a contrast between Moses in Christ. With Moses came a certain amount of truth, came a certain amount of grace in the sacrificial system. But the way it's constructed in the Greek, when Christ came, we exchanged one form of grace, the sacrificial system, the shadows, it said a redeemer's coming, and the blood of these bulls and these lambs were just delay payment, but an ultimate one is coming. We have exchanged shadows, hints, implications, sign pointers 
We have now exchanged weak beggarly illustrations for the real thing. And the real thing is full of grace, full of God's mercy. What? You would think God would have sent someone full of anger. He would have sent someone full of threatening demands. I'm going to kill you. I hate you. You've betrayed me. You have forsaken me. And yet when God shows up in a body, his primary emotion throughout the Gospels is splachnoi, compassion, gut feeling, gut feeling, emotional involvement with people's needs. What kind of God is this? A God who cares. A God full of grace. He did not come to give us what we deserve. He came to give us what we could have never earned. God free of charge. God free of charge. And when the word for truth is an interesting word. It did not mean just uh, argumentative truth. Truth has a definition in Greek that means reality. We, he came full of grace and reality. It's this way. He is the real thing. He's no sign pointer. He's no type. He's no shadow. He's not one that's saying, this is a foretaste of what's coming. When Christ came, the real thing came. Full of truth or reality. Not just signs and shadows and tabernacle skins and trying to see Christ in the tabernacle, which are wonderful studies. But now we have him tabernacle. We see him. God is on display in Jesus. When you reject God, you must reject Jesus Christ. He is the complete explainer. And that's what he goes on to say. Look at verse 18. It says, no man has ever seen God. Wow, that's interesting. Um, no one's ever seen God. I, what were they seeing in the Old Testament? Well, they never did see God the Father for sure. They never did see the whole spirit that is God because you'd have to be infinite and go beyond the universe because God is omnipresent. He's beyond everything you could see. So no one has ever seen all that God is. No one has ever seen God the Father. He was never on display. Well, I thought Jesus was God. Ah, watch what he says. No one has seen all that is called God, Spirit, or the Father, but God, the one and only. Who is he talking about? I can't hear you. Jesus Christ. God, the one and only. He uses this monokines, only of God the Son. The only begotten Son, that only begotten is monokines. And right here, the monokines God. The one who came from the bosom of the Father. And that's a term of intimacy, a term of friendship, a term of closeness. No one has ever seen God as the Father or as his whole spirit being, because we couldn't take it in, but God has sent one from his very bosom that is God. And that's what he said in verse 1, the word was God. This one has come, and what has he done? And look at this word. 
He came and he has made God known. And the word to make God known is a great word if you had to take Greek. It's uh, ago and ek. It's the word we were taught, exegesis. You have to take a couple of years of Greek exegesis when you're in seminary. And that means you go and you look at the Greek New Testament and you've got to exegete it. You've got to draw out of the meaning of all of these words, what they mean. And then you had to parse all the verbs. Present active indicative third person singular. Passive. Imperfect. Perfect. It was torture when you were just hadn't ever learned English very well to learn Greek. What is that tense? Is it imperfect? Is it perfect? What is it? What mood is it in? Indicative? Optative? Nominative? What mood? And I would just say bad mood. <laughs> I don't know. He said he exegeted God. He led God out for full display. And this is what John is introducing his Gospel of John. Read the story of Jesus and what he did, and you will see God on full display. For we haven't sent just anybody. We sent one who is God straight from the bosom of the Father, and he is the explanation of what God is all about. Did you know what? You can talk God talk until you're blue in the face and still go to hell. Everybody's full of God talk today. Everybody's, we're more religious than ever. We're just, just going to hell. Full of God talk. The Muslim world's full of it. Hindu world's full of it. Uh, you know, New Age is full of it. God, I feel my spirituality. Why is that? That's just a... It's a redwood tree. Oh, I feel it, though. Why? Is that your grandmother? <laughs> uh, I, I just feel so spiritual out here. I, I'm living in sin. I don't accept Jesus as God, but I feel so spiritual. I, I just, I'm just in touch with something. You're out of touch, honey. You have never touched the true God. And that God is revealed in Jesus. That's why, hear me, the world will talk to you about everything and even act religious until you bring this one, Jesus. You said the Bible says you, no man can call him Lord unless the Holy Spirit enables him. Oh, you can use the title, Lord. But you can't really treat him like Lord unless the Holy Spirit's working in your life. And you know what God does in the gospel? In the gospel, by a miracle of God alone, it's as great a miracle as original creation when he spoke the world into existence. He said the God of this age is blinding our eyes to the gospel, the good news concerning Christ. And then all of a sudden, God, in the narrative of 2 Corinthians 4, says, God who commanded light to shine into darkness has spoke to our hearts so that we might see the glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus. The more you know God, the more you will talk about Jesus. Peter said to you who believe, he is precious. When I meet folks called Christians, I try to get past all the church jargon 
Oh, I'm an elder. I'm a deacon. Yeah, we've been going. Yeah, yeah. So far, I might be talking to a Christian pagan. I don't know anything. I wait until the subject of Jesus gets approached. If they never get to Jesus, I might say, I might be dealing with phony number 19. But you can't start talking about Jesus in intimate terms and precious terms, melting terms, without something divine. Then I begin to think, maybe I'm meeting some kinfolks. Maybe we've been born in the same family. Did you know the word brother in Greek comes from the word from the same womb? From the same womb. There's five of us boys and two of us girls, and what makes us brothers and sisters, we all share the same womb of your own Dean Howard. The rest of you call me brothers. They're my brothers whether I want them or not. Because we share the same womb. And those who have met Jesus have come through the same new birth channel. They have come through the door, Jesus. Christianity, God on display. When you want to explain God, you must say, you must meet Jesus. You must know him. He unveils the grace of God to sinners. He unveils what God's really, come and touch him, touch him. When he came, he could have rode into town like Alexander the Great. He could have had armies behind him, but instead he said, touch me. I'm just a man. Pick up stones if you want. Uh, persecute me. Nail me to a cross. But I want to get close enough so you could say you touched God. And 1 John 1 says, The word of life which we have seen, which we have heard, and which we have handled, we declare to you. And in the Greek language, there are all tenses. It says, we still are handling him. We are still hearing him. We still see him in our mind's eye. This word of God we proclaim. Let me tell you the greatest thing in history. God decided to pitch his tent among us and show off his glory. And it was all done through Jesus. And when we saw God on display, we walked away saying, what grabs me the most about him is he's gracious and he's the real thing. You know what's wrong with some of you? You never got the real thing yet. You're living on lies. You're living with falsehood. Your heart's empty. Uh, you, you don't know God. You just got religious talk. Uh, you ought to meet Jesus. A and you receive Jesus by just simply saying, you know what? I believe the Spirit has made it real to me that you are a real person and that you had a real humanity and that you're still retaining that humanity on the throne. And if I come to you, I'll find grace. You see, in my own standing, everything I've got to offer is filthy rags when I get the presence of a holy God. I remember Isaiah God called me to preach using Isaiah 6. I went to a youth camp in 59. Bunch of Pentecostals in a sawdust backwoods place. But I was captured from the first night. I spent a week tearing at this altar every night. It's only 15. 
something got a hold of me. I couldn't shake. Every night, I was rooming with three other guys, Jim Snyder and two other guys, and they were there showing off white buck shoes and hoping they'd get a kiss before the night was over. And I'm stuck with these hoodlums, and I'm trying. God's got a hold of me, and I, I can't shake it. And, and I finally begin to get the message, Lord, are you saying you want me to be yours? I was already Christian, but you mean you want to use me? You want to use my lips? God, I'm a lot better at cussing and cutlows than I am. I don't know scripture, but I can cuss you out in a minute. I'm good at it. I love to cut low. I used to love to talk about a guy's mama. And I sure did. South Richmond boys were good at it. Your mama wears combat boots and all that kind of stuff, you know. Intelligent stuff. Brilliant. Deep thinking. And I, I kept telling the Lord, Lord, if you're able to take dirty, defiled lips, if you know how to cleanse lips, maybe you could use me. But all I've got is dirty lips to offer, and the gospel's too sweet to have defiled lips. And he showed me as I read Isaiah 6 every day on my knees, one day he showed me the cross. He said, you know, for Isaiah, I had to get some coals from off an altar, and the altar was where atonement was being made. For you, my dear son, the altar for you is Calvary, and there's something from Calvary I'm going to apply to your life and lips, and that is Jesus. And he'll stand good for all your vile talk and language. He'll cleanse you from all that gutter talk and all that gutter life, because in Jesus I offer you grace. I offer you cleansing. I offer you the real thing. You can be a phony. You can be an Elmer Gantry. You can play at church. You can play the church stuff, or you can really know God. And if you really want to know God, you must come to Jesus. Trust him, embrace him, love him, and adore him. Do you adore Jesus Christ? That's the way you can know if you know him. And God forbid that you've lost the first love so that he's just a has-been God. Oh, restore that love that never treats him as second best. He's God. He's God on display. He's God in all the fullness of his grace. And in him we've received one grace after another. Some used to translate that. We receive grace upon grace. And they said it's like wave after wave after wave of God's grace is poured out on a person through Jesus. If you don't want grace, don't come to Christ. If you want to try to earn your way to heaven and you think you're good enough to make it on your own, don't come to Jesus. You don't need him, but you'll be lost. For all we have gone astray, all we have sinned, but all of us weak folks, all of us great sinner folks, all of us folks that don't have the strength to earn God's favor, we have went and taken our case to Jesus. And he said, with me, you don't have to earn anything. I am God's grace to you. That's why at Christmas, I'm celebrating God's unspeakable gift. Wrapped, sealed, and delivered. And the package was a 33-year gift 
from Bethlehem to the cross and an empty tomb, today I present to you, Jesus, God on display, God undiminished, God in all of his glory. Have you received him? I love what he told Philip, and Philip said, show us God. We want to see God. He said, Philip, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Anybody that has seen me has seen God. I am the display case that God wanted the race to see what God's like. Get rid of your characters. Get, read the Gospels if you want to know what God's like. And in Jesus, you see him resurrecting the widow Nain's son. You see a woman with a hemorrhage problem that for 18 years she can't get a doctor to heal her. She just meets Jesus and touches the hem of his garment, and like that, she's healed. Meet Jesus. He knows what to do with a fallen woman in Samaria. He doesn't curse her. He doesn't drag her into court. He doesn't quote the law of Moses. He said, standing before you is the eternal fountain spring of God. Drink. I came to give you a drink. You've been drinking from other men, and you're still thirsty. You haven't found a man good enough for you. Right before you, woman, is the man of all, the desire of all ages is in front of you. And when I was making out my itinerary with a father, before I made the Milky Way, I said, there's one woman in Samaria that needs a divine visitor. And I put you in my itinerary to look you up. And I want to thank God that Jesus included me in this itinerary. He looked me up. And he's looking you up. If you don't know him, he say, Come. Is that hard? What if he said, jump high? What if he said, give a million dollars to the church? What if he said, be perfect? What if he said, uh, look good? And some of you, that take a special miracle. <laughs> you know, do, do this, do that. But he just said, come, receive, believe. Could it be any easier? Come. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was saved on that very thing. But his word that he was saved on was not come. He went and got caught in a snowstorm in London, and a poor Methodist preacher, a layman, was preaching that night. And that night he took the text from Isaiah that said, Look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be saved. And that poor layman preacher, that poor untaught Methodist preacher said, it doesn't take much to look. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be great. You just got to look. And Spurgeon said, and I looked, and I saw the Lamb of God slain for me. And that night, I left a little Methodist prayer meeting, a child of the King. Would you look? Would you come? Would you taste and see that the Lord is good? And you'll walk away and let me tell you, hear me, Christians. If you're a Christian, get over it and start talking about Jesus more. Quit quoting Russell Limbaugh. Who's he? When I come among you, I will know nothing but him who is crucified among you and he who's been raised. We talk too much about too much must and mundane. When we're together, I want to hear how you, I don't know, you don't have to like me. But you see, I got a trick on you. If you're in love with him, you'll find yourself liking me because I know him. 
I've got some kinfolks I wish were my kinfolk, but I'm stuck nevertheless. And there's some people in this family of God that aren't that attractive. But I tell you, when they know Jesus, it covers the faults. And you've got kin because they've seen God on display in Jesus. And with that, we come to the close of today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our series entitled, Jesus Christ, The Revealer of God. And as we close out our time together today, we'd like to remind you that our purpose is to get the word out. And in the spirit of the season, we're making this sermon broadcast available on CD to anyone who calls. Now, in addition, for a gift of any amount, we'll mail the entire series on CD to our first 50 callers each week. If you're not attending a fellowship at this current time, consider joining us. We're at 1447 Willow Avenue here in Hercules. Regular service hours are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. You can find further information at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. Or call 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And again, remember, for a gift of any amount, we'll mail the entire series that today's broadcast was taken from on CD to the first 50 callers each week. Again, ask for it by name when you contact us, Jesus Christ, the Revealer of God. That phone number, once again, toll free is 855-833-9864. And our website is valleybible.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week at this same time as we move into a new year, 2014. That's next week here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.